Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of Talking Backstage at Theater Wit. My name is James Vanderbosch. And I'm Claire Cooney. And today we are going to be talking with Kyle. We'll be talking with Kyle Curry, who Thank plays you. Charlie in Admissions. Um, we talked about Admissions in our first podcast. We're not going to go over the plot too much. A quick reminder, Bill and Sherry are administrators at a New Hampshire boarding school and have worked to make the student body more diverse and inclusive. When their honor student son's dreams of acceptance into a top-tier Ivy League school are threatened, their personal expectations clash with their public positions, showing a hilarious and deeply troubling portrait of privilege and power in liberal America. It is by Joshua Harmon, directed by Jeremy Wexler, and has been extended until June 9th. It's a really interesting, funny, controversial, confrontational discussion about race, affirmative action, college admissions. It's obviously a very relevant topic, um, considering the admissions scandal and considering everything going on with our country right now. I really encourage everyone to see it, and we're going to talk to one of the leads of the show, Kyle Curry, who plays Charlie, the student who didn't get into college and is kind of grappling with with his whiteness and with what it all means and what privilege means in respect to going to colleges. Um, so we'll be right back with Kyle. Without an education, don't be a dropout, stay in school. And now we have with us Kyle Curry, who plays Charlie in the play Admissions, and he literally just got out of a show. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm how, excited to be here. How was the show? It was good. Um, <laughs> every audience is so different in how they take this show. Yeah. This, this one's... Yeah, they were great listeners. They weren't as big laughers at some things, and right. they were bigger laughers at, I don't know. It's always fun for us to kind of feel them out. It was a full house, right? Yeah, which That's is crazy. nice for a Thursday. Uh, and you didn't get applause. Sometimes your monologue gets a big applause, and, uh, yes. and an awkward applause almost, it seems like. It truly depends on the night. Yeah. Sometimes it's a couple people, like, starting it up, and then everybody's like, oh, yeah, we should do that. But then the other day, we just had a flat, like... Sign you know, finish, beat, applause. Like oh, they straight thought applause. they were ready to do that. So. Oh, wow. Wow, interesting. Yeah, because the show that I saw, it was like... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you didn't listen to our first Talking Backstage podcast, um, you probably are not sure what we're talking about. Um, basically, Charlie has this long monologue where he... Says all sorts of good stuff that is um, that is a bit offensive and complicated and really hard to deal with, including talking about race and uh, affirmative action and college admissions. And it, he ends in a in a familiar pose to one that Nazis may choose yeah, to do. Yeah, an unfortunately relevant pose. A very relevant days. pose. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been in Chicago? Uh, five years. Awesome. Yeah. Have you been it. working as an actor the whole time? Or? Yes. Yeah. That like officially makes you like a Chicagoan. I, I, I like feel so. like five, five years, years is like year. the marker. You're yeah, like, that's when you're so. like, yeah, I'm from Chicago, I guess. Yeah, I think that, I think that's true. That's true. Because yeah. now I, I've been here like six and a half years, and so now the idea that I'm not from Chicago is like. Uh, you're from Chicago. <laughs> I'm from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's true. I definitely identify that. I've met. I know some people who have been here for like a decade, and right. when I ask them, they're like, Oh yeah, I guess I live here. So what brought you here? Was it the theater or? Yeah, definitely. Before I was here, I spent a, a season being a, I don't know what they're called now, an emerging professional, an intern at Milwaukee Rep. Right. And okay. I was always kind of thinking about Chicago, but working there is a lot of crossover, and yeah. so it made a lot of sense to just come right here. Where are you from? Texas. <coughs> Texas. Whereabouts yeah. in Texas? 
From the Dallas area. Okay, Plano cool. specifically. P-Town. Anybody out there? <laughs> <laughs> There's a play called Plano that's playing in New York right now. It's like a smash hit. Oh, my gosh. Interestingly. Okay. Well, there you I go. I just found out. Wonderful. Um, awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you here in Chicago because it's such a great theater scene. And yeah. You guys can't see Kyle because it's a podcast, but Kyle looks like he's about 24, and he's not, um, and or or younger, truly. Yeah. yeah. You have a baby face, and Very so, much yeah. baby face. Yeah. Um, so. Um, Wait, how old are you? Well, he's going to stay on the air. Well, I, we, you, you, can can use you can use your fingers. <laughs> I'm 32. <laughs> Yeah, I never would have fucking guessed. Like, you look much older than him. <laughs> you you could have been like, yeah, I'm 17. I would have been like, all right. That's why, I mean, like, I personally, like, obviously, I'm the casting director, so I brought him in because I was like, oh, that kid looks real young. Like, I've seen your headshot a bunch of times, and your headshot particularly, you like, very young. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. He is probably in his early mid-twenties, and he look at all the credits he has, like, under his belt, and I should have been like, wait, no, he's, like, go gra- <laughs> he's, like, gone to graduate school, but it, oh, I God. believed it, man, it was great, um, yeah, Kyle came in, he blew us away, and it was a very obvious choice, and it was, it was so much fun to cast this show. Uh, talk about, kind of, what, what drew you to the show, and, um, what your first impression of the show was upon reading it. Well, I will, um, I suppose, I was, um, I was working on another show when I got this audition. It was it wasn't actually a show, it was a performance art piece at the Art Institute. It was immersive and it was about uh some it's very much thematic for me this year, I guess. It was about race and it was okay. uh, a devised piece of a um an eighteenth century abolitionist play that we had like with this famous artist had like turned into this crazy piece. And so when I got the script, I was like intensely doing that, and it was very draining. So I just kind of like skimmed it and like came in, and I was like, "Well, we'll see what happens." Right. Which is terrible. Like if actors out there, don't do this. Read the play. Don't make my choices. <laughs> <laughs> but you were pretty off book, so you really yes. worked hard on your sides, which is for sure the important thing. If you can't read the whole play, if you don't have time, then skim it, get the context, and learn those lines. Yeah, and yeah. of those lines, at least get the the big chunk in your yeah. head, you know? Yeah. And fortunately for me, like, that first scene of Charlie's was the audition, so right. I mostly so got to come in and yeah. kind of, like, you know, he, that is how he's introduced to the audience, so right. I got to, like, kind of introduce him to you guys. Yeah. Which I think is super interesting, too, because there's not a lot of times when uh, a character walks in and is immediately controversial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. immediately, everything you say is like, do I agree with this? I don't right. know what's going on. Like, I have very mixed feelings. Right, like, he's obviously a really smart uh, kid. Yeah. We yes. want to learn A very more. thoughtful person, Th- too. Thoughtful kid, yeah. yeah. But also, like, pro- he's saying very problematic and concerning things. Yes. And how much sympathy do we give to him? Because we don't know him yet, you know? You know, we talked about in rehearsals the, like how this per- this play sort of experiments with the safe space of white people talking to white people. Yeah. And, like, that is so true to me of that first Charlie scene. Like, you know, he's home with his parents right. who may be the ethical police in his life, but, you know, as at the end of the scene, when he leaves after this tirade and the mom's like, you know, he's hurting. Like, right. He sort of expects these people to... Take his side. Yeah, or at least he feels safe enough to 
sort of begin this snowball yeah. that is rolling downhill in this yeah. play by saying all of this stuff. And I think that that's what makes the play good is that sort of like voyeuristic feel of like it, is. it helps people feel like they can laugh. I think rather than if you like right. actually did this in the classroom, if that was the scene, right. you know, versus oh yeah, right. if he to his right parents. in front of his stu- in front of his fellow students and his teachers, kind of talked about all that's wrong with kind of racial politics in this country and and how you decide who's white and who's not. And he's, if he just started not even just racial politics, but like the F- everything sexual politics yeah. too, like he, gender identity. He and fully disparages his um, the woman who is the editor of the, of the paper basically yeah. says you got it because you are a woman because doesn't you, say it to yeah. her though that's the point is he's saying it in confidence I think we all say things in confidence to people that we trust that we would be ashamed of later and that we would never say to that person at least yeah. I know I have I've said yeah. things when I'm in a bad mood and I'm feeling my worst self that I say things that I'm like I actually think about that person that way you know it's just like you have this moment of yeah, or you might have this res- resentment in the back of your head I mean I think it's even interesting to take that further and be like, what do I even think that I never say when mm-hmm. I am? Like, yeah, what am I holding myself back from? Yeah, like yeah. what am I immediately buying into yeah. that I just think? And yeah, I mean that's sort of what all of these characters mostly speak out loud, or at least speak about speaking. <laughs> so has this yeah. has this role been like a pretty massive reality check for you? Like, what you know? Are you are you like? I feel like, I mean, personally, I feel like whenever whenever I end up approaching a role, I end up really, really heavily comparing myself to that, you know, and, and, you know, have you, have you been, you know, being playing this part for a few weeks now, have you, have you, like, figured out exactly where those lines are, where you, where you very much differ from this character, but you are alike in certain ways? Yeah, okay. for sure. I mean, I think... Like I said, it's been interesting. This is, like, the third thing I've done in a row that is sort of tackling this issue. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. it's been, like, a lot of, you know, and, you know, with everything that is going on in the country, yeah. it is yep. an interesting time of self-examination yeah. in that way. We talked about, like, what is the core of Charlie and, like, he is somebody trying to find what it means to be good. And, like, I just relate to that, like, on such a deep level. Like, what, you know, what does it mean to be good? What are the choices? And, like, you know, this final conflict that they have between, like, do you take yourself out or do you use the advantages you have to help other people? And Mm -hmm. what are the lines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think all of that is interesting. I was just talking out in the lobby with uh, Jeremy, the director of the play, and the uh, Georgia abortion um, ban occurred just 48 hours ago. I was talking to him about we all feel really passionately about things that are going to affect us directly. So, Uh like, even though we can all be allies and advocates for um, other causes, the causes we're going to be fighting the most for and care the most about are the causes that either affect us or a person we love. And that's the reason why the Women's March, right, was, like, so so much more attended than other causes is because not everyone knows a person of color in this country. Not everyone knows a gay person in this country, but everyone knows a woman. And it is kind of scary because a white, straight, Christian man has no direct reason to care about a lot of things going on in this country right now. It's only it's only the, those males that have empathy and that like literally train themselves to care about others that have anything to 
gain or lose here because, you know, it really isn't directly addressing them. And so I think it's an interesting thing. Charlie's in this predicament where now it's affecting him, but it's affecting him almost in reverse, right? And now he's realizing what, what it might be like to not get every single thing you want. And he's almost like learning empathy in real time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it's yeah, it's absolutely. incredible to watch. Yeah. And I think just, like, the wider reaches of ethics and, like, this idea of institutionalized racism right. that yeah. the play really grapples with of, like, right. you know, is it okay it... You know, is it okay if something affects someone else that doesn't affect me? Like, how do right. I... Right. Like, even if I say I'm for... You know, to get, like, mildly controversial with terms, right. like, the term pro-life, and then, like, mm-hmm. supporting something like the death penalty. Like, yeah. there are people who see, who have the ability to see those as separate ethical issues, right. yeah. and then others that, it's like, think no, if no we're going to think life, like, life is all life. And right. so, right. yeah, I mean, I think, and then, you know, relying on institutions to uphold those things, relying mm-hmm. on his mother and other diversity officers to take care of diversity versus right. doing something. Doing something. And the play is a really interesting thing that I don't even still know the answer to. Um, basically saying, if I don't give up a seat at my table, there's not going to be room for other people. Um, putting that into practice is really hard. If you're a leader at a community and or a, a business and you fought hard to get that position, but you're white, yeah. is it your duty to, like, not to just not take that so, job. Yeah, yeah no, That's I, an interesting I understand question. what you're saying, but I would also argue that it's your responsibility to. It, okay, so say you're up for a position right. against someone, a person of color, right. or a man up against a position against a woman. Mm-hmm. I still think you owe it to the other person to be the best contender you can be for that position because I feel like if you're just sa- if you're just giving it up for them, right. like that's, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's like. That's pity charity. Like, that... Right. And, like, although in a lot of cases it's not a bad thing by any means. Like, you should be charitable as a human. I still think that, you know, in the long in the long term, like, you really gotta look out for yourself. Which is why I think a lot of people identify are, like... Identify with Charlie. Yeah, they identify yeah. with Charlie. They have a hard time getting past what he says because a tiny bit of them agrees. Right. It is a hard um, struggle with each person. Mm-hmm. It's, like... Oh, yes, I think that this business should diversify. Oh, but I'm not going to resign from being the vice president of this company in order for it to diversify. So yeah. it's it's like when you have skin in the game, how much are you willing to give? The play doesn't give any neat answers, which is why I appreciate it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's something that I have definitely struggled with. I think in the arts, it's an interesting thing. It's been an interesting struggle for me as, like, considering creating content. Yeah. It's like how many... Like, I think there's arguments on both sides, but what stories are needed from my perspective to take up space versus stories from other perspectives? And I think, like I said, there could be arguments both ways, but that's definitely a question that I grapple with. Right, and it's like, well, maybe I'm 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 a better use helping a story by someone else get made, right? Like, that's, and like, that's that's a key question, and then, you know then there are people who are writers who are like, but what about my story? You know, so it's an, yeah. it's an interesting thing where, um, and again, I'm not offering any right answer, but I do think that there's a, a more collaborative option. Like, there's oh, a more, definitely. like, 
there's a more there's an option where it's like, well, maybe it's not my story this time. Maybe it's their story, and my story can be adjusted to include more voices. Mm-hmm. I like that the play brings us up because it's yeah. something that we don't feel comfortable talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that Jeremy said to us one day, and I. We never presented an answer, but, you know, maybe just the metaphor of tables is a bad one. You know, like, right. that is one that we... Pull up another chair. All, yeah, right. like, well, what if there are just no tables? <laughs> no chairs, no chairs, and no tables. so then we don't have to worry about space, you know, right. like, what if... Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, That'd again, be no nice. answers, well, I, I mean, I like that. <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole, like, there's nothing simple about this play. It's a very challenging, very uh, exhausting subject, and a very exhausting presentation of the subject as well. Like... I mean, it's not like any other character is put in the position of Charlie, where it's like, say, uh, Charlie's mom. What's uh, it's not Sherry, like it's, yeah. it's not like her character is presented with the, the you know maybe this person of color is going to be taking your position. No, right. you know that that's doesn't right. that's, that doesn't exist anywhere else in the show. Right, you know for a very specific reason. Obviously, they're trying to uh, Joshua Harmon is trying to you know very much lean into this one part of the play, which right. makes sense. But. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing simple about it. There's nothing right. simple about the problem to begin with, and there's nothing simple about, the pres- like, the presentation of right. this problem. Right. You know, no, it's right. it's a complex right. bitch of a thing. <laughs> like, it's just rough. Did you guys have fun while rehearsing the play? It's a tough topic, so, yeah. you know, what, what mean, was the vibe? We were all... You know, the play was hard to just do. Yeah. Like, yeah. the arguments in it are intelligent and dense and... I feel like that was a lot of a good portion of my rehearsal process was thinking I was going into a scene on top of it and then starting to work on it being like, I have no idea. Yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was, was I like, don't. Yeah. Right. So we, you know, I guess we, we talked about things some, Yeah. but we didn't like exhaust trying to find solutions or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. we, that's probably good. I think because so. Because you were presented with a script, and your job is to communicate that and lay that script out as best you can, well, right? And, like, this play could be uh, not as great if the people weren't real. And, like, I hope, mm-hmm. like, that's the job we did, was yeah. make sure that every person on that stage is someone that anyone in the audience could be like, I know that person. Living, breathing, three-dimensional yeah. characters, yeah. And if we, you know, spent our time doing that and, like, let the words speak for themselves, then I think that is what the play needs. That's great. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, everybody come see admissions. Like, we've been arguing about it amongst ourselves uh, as a staff, and um, I think that a lot of, like, the audience leaves arguing, and... Yeah, we have people coming back. It definitely starts a conversation. It definitely starts a conversation. It's really funny. It's well-written. It's original, um, and it tackles a really... Re- relevant topic and has great actors like Kyle. So yeah, thanks, thanks for talking with us, Kyle. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you. As always, you can buy theater tickets uh, for admissions or other shows at Theater Wit at theaterwit.org, or you can give us a call at the box office. The number is seven seven three. Nine seven five eight one five zero. If you have any questions about the podcast or uh, feedback, feedback, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> uh, you can email us at talkingbackstage at theaterwit.org. If you enjoyed, tell your friends. We're a new podcast. Uh, we did this last year for a bit, but now we're official. And so, uh, tell tell your friends that there's a, a fun little podcast talking about theater in Chicago, and we'll bring in more actors, and uh, we have more treats coming up. I think our next podcast may be our alcohol podcast yes we're going to review all our wines and other fun cocktails cocktails that we have at the the wit bar because our bar is i'm going to go ahead and say it 
the best theater bar in Chicago. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue, but I'm not gonna agree either. Oh, <gasps> what theater bar is better? I feel like Steppenwolf has got a pretty solid bar. Okay, front they bar like is its own bar. bar. That's they got different. A real bar. Okay, theater bar. Front bar is its own okay, bar. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, if that's the case. Okay, let's save this for next week. Oi. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening.